Before uh, the scripture is read, um, let's uh, join together in prayer. Father in heaven, uh, we again thank you for this uh, beautiful Sunday. And as we continue to focus on the work of your spirit, and as we focus on on the breathing that Jesus did on that first Sunday, on that Easter Sunday, that we might receive the Holy Spirit in our, in our lives. Lord, help us to recognize the significance of this. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, this passage that is going to be read, it takes place on uh, Easter Sunday, so you say, well, that doesn't really make sense uh, to read it. Uh, this time, but it's it's in a sense the John's version of Pentecost, John's uh, statement of the Holy Spirit coming in, which Luke, of course, expands and 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 uh, talks about very specifically in Acts chapter two. Um, but here we have it in in the Gospel of John, and so that's going to be read this morning. So I'll be reading from John 20, verses 19 to 23. It's found on page um, 1685 in your pew Bibles. Nope, 686. (laughs) Starting at verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, the sports industry and the entertainment industry is very, very big business. Um, A new Star Wars movie comes out, and on the first weekend or so, it earns well over 200, almost a quarter billion dollars. It's it's just massive, massive uh, industry. Uh, People go to um, hockey games, and the arena can't even take all the people, uh, and and so they're crowded out on streets and and watching it on the Videotrons uh, outside. It is big big business. Maybe some of you went to a Garth Brooks concert recently or a Shania Twain uh, concert uh, up, in, up in Edmonton because we, we enjoy these things. Now, what, what, what is it about entertainment? Well, yeah, it is in a sense for our enjoyment. And so, we, hey, did, did you go to the Shania Twain? Well, did you like it? Oh, I, I, I loved it. It was just, it was just great. She sang all the songs and we could sing, sing with them. And, or somebody might say, no, that type of music is really not my type. I'd rather go to the opera or something, uh, something like that. And, and so it's, it's just simply you make your judgment on what you like. And so again, a hockey uh, team, you make your judgment on whether they played well or, um, you know, someone said about um, a hockey 
there are, um, isn't it ironic that there are, you're watching six guys who desperately need arrest are being watched by millions of people who desperately need exercise. And, <laughs> And so that's that's kind of the way. But but yeah, our our um, our feelings kind of rise and fall with what our team is doing. And so I must say that I was very very disappointed when the Winnipeg Jets uh, lost to the expansion uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Um, uh, of course, I lived in Winnipeg for a number of years, so that was uh, extremely disappointing. So made the point. Entertainment, sports, big, big business. But now I want you to think for a moment that you are watching the same game or you're going to a country, you're going to the, maybe to the theater or so. But now you are going as an understudy. You know what an understudy is, right? You might be called, you know, the, the star of the, the, the play that you're watching, you know, maybe uh, loses his or her voice or gets in an accident and is not able to come on. And so then you are the one that is going to take his or her place. Or maybe you're an understudy for the goalie. And if both goalies are hurt, then you are going to be called in to be the goalie for the, for the team. Now you are watching, I think, or you should be, in a whole different way. Now you're looking at, at, at the theater, in the theater, you're looking at the timing, you're looking at the expression, the, uh, the verbal expressions, the facial expressions, and, and you're saying, well, okay, yeah, that's, well, maybe, I, maybe I would have done it a little bit differently. And so you see the goalie uh, doing the splits. I'm not going to demonstrate that here uh, this, this morning, but, but then you, you look at the goalie and you say to yourself, I don't know, I don't know if, if I... I better, I better practice because if I have to do that, I've got a long ways to go. In other words, you look at it in a whole different way because you might be called on to, to fill in. This morning, we deal with Jesus who all of a sudden stands in the midst of his disciples. Jesus, of course, last time, at least that, that many of them saw him, was on, on the cross. He was brutally killed. And so, here Jesus stands. And so they're so joyful. Here Jesus, Jesus is, is alive. Isn't that wonderful for him? That he, that he, he didn't stay in the grave. He didn't stay dead. He is alive. But then, what does Jesus say? Jesus says, As I have been sent, just as I have been sent, so I send you. In other words, you're on. You are to take Jesus' place. What? Who, who am I? 
You know, Wayne asked the kids this morning, uh, you know, can we spread the news? And one child said, I don't know if it was kind of facetiously, but said, no, I can't. And it was, that's a very honest answer. Because how in the world are we going to be Jesus in this world? But then notice, notice what happens. Jesus breathes on them. And in a sense says, welcome the Holy Spirit. You and I can't do it in, ourself, on a, in, in, in and of ourselves. But through the power of the Spirit, through the breath of God, we are able to do great things. And so the question that I'd like to have you ponder this morning, and maybe this coming week, have you felt the breath of the Holy Spirit on your life? And so we look at this passage, uh, Jesus, on this first day of the week, the, the day that he, that he arose on this uh, Easter morning, um, comes to his disciples. His disciples are in fear. And well, they should be. Certainly we can understand that fear. I mean, there have been some rumors now that, that uh, Jesus, uh, you know, he wasn't in the tomb anymore. The, 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 the lie was being spread that, that some people had taken his body. And who knows? Maybe the officials really want to stamp out this Jesus business once and for all. And so anybody that's associated, was associated with Jesus, we're going to just get rid of them. And so they were behind closed doors and they were in fear. But all of a sudden, Jesus stands amongst them, or Jesus stands in their midst. The word that is used there, actually, is Jesus comes in the middle of them. And almost a bit of as an aside, I guess, but that's exactly where Jesus wants to be. Jesus wants to be in the middle of Bethel Church. Jesus wants to be in the middle of your life, in the middle of my life. That's where Jesus wants to be. And so Jesus, all of a sudden, there he is. And how does he do that? Coming through locked doors. Well, again, I can't, I can't fully explain that, except when we read 1 Corinthians 15, of course, talk about the resurrection body, that we will all be changed in the twinkling of an eye. That which is sown in mortality will be raised in immortality. And so here we see, as it were, a glimpse of the resurrection body. And I, and I te- believe, in a sense, our resurrection bodies. And so what, what, what is important? Well, I think two things. First of all, that, that we are changed. We're, we're different. All of a sudden, Jesus is standing in the midst of them. The, the, the doors didn't seem to open. There, there, there he, he was. But The other thing that we need to see, he showed him his hands, he showed him his side. In other words, this was the Jesus. This was the one who was crucified. And so it's important to to know that there will be a continuation. It will be you and I that are raised to new life, even though we will have different bodies. And so... Jesus comes and stands in the midst of them. The first thing that he says 
is peace be to you. And notice he says it twice. Peace be to you. And, and in some ways, it's just the Hebrew um, greeting, shalom. Hey, how, how are you doing? And, and everybody, if you've ever been to Israel, you'll hear shalom, shalom, shalom. But really, of course, this is, this is peace. A deep peace. And so Jesus is, in a sense, saying here, as you see my side, as you see my hands, you may have peace with God. You are no longer in, in, against God, and God is no longer against you. You have peace, eternal peace. And so here, this is what, what, what Jesus says to them, peace, peace be unto you. And so their fear subsided. And, and so now I wonder again, what is going to, what is going to happen? And so Jesus um, shows them his shows them his his wounds, but he wants them to know that he is now alive, and that's what is actually unique about the Christian faith. We serve a Jesus. We serve if I may put it that way, the founder of our our faith, one who became alive, rose from the dead, and is alive. You see, any other religion, and they can be powerful religions. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, Mohammed, I mean, the the, the Muslims, billions of of people, um, but Mohammed is in a grave. He's dead. The Mormons, also again in Utah, Salt Lake City, a powerful, powerful um, religion. But um, but Joseph Smith is dead. Buddha, Confucius, and you name it—they're all dead. But Jesus, Jesus is alive, and that makes it such a tremendous difference, or it should make such a. A tremendous difference. Because now, okay, what is Jesus saying? What is Jesus wanting us to do? Maybe I can explain it this way. On Tuesday, it'll be three years ago already that my wife passed away. I can honestly say that I still love my wife. And in some ways, and I hope you understand this the way I mean it, in some ways, it's easier to love her now. Never do I hear anymore, Gary, you can't wear that shirt. (laughs) Gary, the car is so dirty, and you know I hate to go to church with a dirty car. Gary, the garage really needs to be cleaned up. I don't hear those things anymore. I wish I did, but I don't hear them anymore. All I see is her picture with her cherubic smile glancing down at me. So, so in a sense, it's easy to just, okay, I still love you. But now, that's the way I think many of us maybe want to love Jesus. Or, or Jesus is gone, 
And so it's in a sense, whatever, whatever I want to do, however I want to express my, my, my love or my, my obedience the way I see it. But Jesus is alive. He is telling us to clean the grad, so to speak. He is telling us that uh, these are the things we should be wearing. He is telling us these things. And so, what does Jesus do then? He says, as I have been sent, so I send you. You see, I think for many of us, and, and this is why I, I believe the church um, maybe is, is somewhat impotent, that, that we like it when, when Jesus shows the, uh, his hands, his side. Uh, Jesus died for you and me. We may have life. We may have eternal life. Do you believe this? Yes, I believe that. And so, wonderful, wonderful news. Now let's all go home and enjoy the day. But Jesus doesn't stop there, does he? He says, no, just as I have been sent, so I send you. We're on. Jesus says, I'm, I'm going. But I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving you in my place. One commentator uh, put it this way. He, he said, he retranslated, if you will, uh, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave Gary Baumhoff. Fill in your own name. Do you think the world is really blessed? Do you think your family is blessed? Do you think your, your, your church is blessed? Do you think your community is blessed? Because God so loved the world that he sent you and me in the place of Jesus. Just as I have been. How is Jesus sent? Well, there's a number of things that we can focus on, of course. The fact is that, that Jesus was, was sent he didn't just simply, uh, hey, this is what I feel like doing, this is what I'm going to No. He had orders. And he made it very clear that, he, the, that, that his Father in heaven was giving him his orders. He, and that's what he was seeking to fulfill. And so what are, are our orders? And I really believe that as a Bethel church that, that you're struggling with these and you're asking these crucial and important questions. How is God wanting us to, to be sent into this community? That's the question. Jesus, Jesus was incarnational. John 1.18 and um, the word became flesh and the word dwelt among us or, or uh, as, as um, the message says moved into our neighborhood. I think, I think a, a Thursday evening circle of friends for example is, is kind of an incarnational ministry that you not only not yeah you represent Jesus you represent his his love and so Jesus taught and so t- 
teaching is really important. And so in all these, just as I have been sent, so now I send you. And to where have we been sent? Well, some people can say, yeah, I've been sent to China, I've been sent to Africa, I've been sent wherever, you know, you feel that God has called you. But also to gyms or to cadets or to a music ministry or to the council room as an elder or deacon or wherever. That as I have been sent, so I send you. Now, when you hear that, of course, some might say, like that little child said this morning, do you think you can do this? No. And there's something very honest about that. When Moses was asked to go out and lead the people, uh, look, I I don't have the voice to do that. I'm just totally, totally incapable of of doing that. And so we have many, many excuses and, 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 and sometimes, quite honestly, we do have to know when to say no. Um, and so there are, you know, it's, it's not, always, not always easy. But in and of ourselves, of course, we cannot do it. But that's why it is so important that we read that Jesus breathed on them and very clearly associated that breath with the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit empowers us. And that word breath, of course, reminds us right away to the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis 2 where where it talks about, you know, the forming of Adam as a clump of earth. But then God breathed into his nostrils and he became a living being. Or we're reminded of Ezekiel 37 where this valley of the dry bones and, and... Leech bones and what in the world? But again, the wind, the ruach, the the, the 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 breath of God, and they became a living army. And so, this breath, this work of the Holy Spirit, is so crucial. You and I cannot do it in and of ourselves. And how? How is the Holy Spirit? Um, how is the Holy Spirit blowing on us? And it, it can be in a whole variety of ways. You know, right now, media, for example. Uh, how can the Holy Spirit use that teaching? How can in that encouragement? Um, how is the Holy Spirit using, using your fellow believers, your parents? Uh, um, we're, we're talking about small groups or, or house churches. And, and how is the Holy Spirit using these to equip us that we in and of ourselves just really do not, we're, we just do not have uh, the wherewithal in and of ourselves, but through the Spirit of God who animates us, who empowers us, we are able to be sent out into the world. On Good Friday, Jesus breathed his last. And now, just a couple of days later, 
He is breathing on his disciples. He is breathing on you and me so that we may, and it just, it, it, it's profound to think about that, so that we may take Jesus' place. Hopefully we're going to listen much more crucially, just like if you're the understudy, you're, going to li- you're now going to listen, oh, this is the way Jesus did it. This is the way that he, let, let's take a look at the way he, he dealt with the woman at the well in John 4. Oh, this, we're going to, because we're now, just as he was sent, so we have been sent to be, to represent Jesus in this world. And so my question, have you caught the breath of life? Amen. Breathe on me, breath of God.